So I received a really, really good question in the comments section on our YouTube channel uh, uh, recently. And um, the question revolved around the idea of if I don't have any of the spiritual gifts, is that because I lack faith? Um, and, uh, uh, you know, is it, is it a demonstration of a lack of faith on my part if I don't have one of the spiritual gifts? Well, let's talk to that. I, I thought, you know, I did respond in the comments, but uh, just kind of briefly, but it, it, it kind of occurred to me that if, if one person is wondering about that, there may be a lot of people wondering about that. And the gifts is one of those areas that uh, um, the church kind of divides over in some cases. In other cases, there's a lot of confusion. It is ironic that at the beginning of his uh, talking about the gifts of the Spirit, uh, Paul says to the Corinthians that he doesn't want them to be um, ignorant in the sense of not understanding these things. Um, and in Corinth, the gifts were abounding, like their gifts were fully in operation, even though this was a very carnal church, which I think already begins to maybe touch a little bit on the question of um, of whether or not the gifts being distributed to somebody has something to do with uh, faith or lack of faith and that kind of thing. Uh, certainly in terms of carnality, you didn't have to necessarily be uh, pristine in your Christian walk to have a gift because that was certainly not the case with the Corinthian church. But let's talk about this idea a little bit. Um, for starters, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, are those gifts that the Holy Spirit distributes or gives out as he wills. And so it is up to the Holy Spirit what gifts, um, presumably, if any, right, what gifts he would want to give to any particular believer. Uh, and so um, it is not something, for starters, it is something that the Holy Spirit determines. Uh, the Spirit of God decides what gifts he wants to give to each person. And of course, it begs the question, why would he choose to give certain gifts to certain people? Uh, well, because he understands the best use of those gifts in the hands of those that he gives them to that will produce the most fruit for God's glory. Ultimately, uh, what will uh, provide for, the, for a blessing to God and for his people through the exercising of these gifts and that kind of a thing. Those are the sorts of ideas that would, uh, that, that, you know, no doubt would have something to do with why certain people get certain gifts. Other times, maybe the Holy Spirit just gives a gift to encourage or in something like that. Um, if you remember, uh, if you, or if you were watching uh, previously when we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we did a, a series on the Holy Spirit, and in so doing, we talked about the gifts. And we described, as the scriptures do, what those gifts are and those kinds of things. Uh, it might be worthwhile pointing out at this point that I am not a cessationist, which is that I do not believe the gifts passed off the scene at the end of the first century with the apostles or the closing of the canon of scripture. I do believe that uh, barring any passage in the New Testament that says they're going to end um, uh, prior to Jesus coming. Uh, I, because I don't see that anywhere, I think the gifts are for today as well. That being said, I don't think everybody necessarily speaks in tongues or has any particular gift, but I do think that the Holy Spirit does gift people within the church with certain uh, supernatural giftings as are described in scripture. Uh, places like 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, uh, uh, Romans 12, uh, you could say Ephesians 4, where it talks about the gifts that Jesus has given the church, uh, namely offices of apostle and prophet, also evangelists and teachers and such. Uh, and so um, there, is, uh, there is this discussion of the gifts in the New Testament. And so therefore it becomes a natural thing to say, well, what gifts do I have? What, what gift or giftings has the Holy Spirit given me? And the question that was raised uh, sort of is, is in connection with that, the idea that if I don't think I have a gift, is that because I lack faith in some way? 
Well, let me let me say something that isn't exactly on the nose, but hopefully will bring some measure of comfort, and that is that um, having a gift or any particular gift or anything um, is is not intended to be a test of your faith, uh, and you're certainly not being punished if you are, you know, maybe in a at a low ebb in your faith or something like that. Um, that can, frankly, that can become a very dangerous mindset to have. It can become a very self-condemning mindset to have. The gifts are not intended to be sort of carried on a stick for just certain believers, but rather, again, the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts as he will. So my, my, my initial answer, based on what we can see in the New Testament and the Old Testament regarding the character of the Holy Spirit and, and just uh, the heart and mind of God in, in things like this, my tendency would be to say, no, it's not because you lack faith that you don't have a gift or don't think you have a gift. And maybe let me speak to that too. Uh, my suspicion is you actually do have a gift uh, or maybe even a few gifts of the Holy Spirit that you maybe just haven't uh, realized yet or recognized. And that may be in part just because you haven't maybe realized you've been exercising them. Some gifts of the Holy Spirit are not necessarily big and pronounced and you necessarily, even you realize you're exercising it. And I'll explain that in a moment. Um, but it also may be that um, uh, it also might be because we sometimes have a tendency to really only be aware of some of the more spectacular gifts, the sign gifts as they're called. And sometimes we don't realize what all the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, really are. And so let me just speak to that for just a moment here. Um, you know, typically when we think of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're thinking of things like tongues and prophecy and healings and miracles and those kinds of things. Uh, and oftentimes, even though those are gifts of the Holy Spirit, they, we, we think of those in particular because they are spectacular, because they are very obvious and they're, um, they're, they're clearly a gift of the Holy Spirit. If you pray for someone's healing, you lay hands on them, you anoint them with oil, uh, and, and, and God heals them, that is awesome. Uh, and if God tends to work that way in your life, then as, as one who has the gift of healing, that becomes something that is pretty amazing. Um, but there are other gifts as well. Uh, let's look at those for just a moment. Um, now, again, we, we know that in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, Paul uh, states and explains gifts, again, of, of tongues or prophecy or healings or miracles and uh, various giftings like this, um, uh, interpretation or distinguishing of tongues, discernment, things like this. Uh, these are giftings that the Holy Spirit gives, but there are others as well. Um, and I'll invite you, if you have your Bible, and if you're in 1 Corinthians 12, to turn to Romans 12 as well, where Paul talks about some other gifts, starting in verse uh, 6. Uh, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. Teaching, in our teaching. Uh, who ex exhorts in his exhortation, one who contributes in generosity, one who leads with zeal, the one who a uh, does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And, and, uh, and then he goes on to speak about love, much as he does in between chapters 12 and 14 of 1 Corinthians. Uh, and that in itself is something to remember. Gifts are given and to be used in love for the blessing of the Lord and his people and such. Uh, and it can also be a testimony to unbelievers at times as well. So, but you'll notice in, in that list, while prophecy is mentioned, uh, really the, the, the larger space is given to other gifts that would be sort of non-spectacular, right? Things like service or uh, helps or giving and those kinds of things. Um, now I say non-spectacular because from a human perspective, we tend to categorize these things 
I would say in a faulty way, into those kinds of camps. Oh, tongues, prophecy, that's amazing. I want that kind of a gift. Oh, you know, helps. Well, that's nice. Anybody can do that, right? You know, and we sort of classify them and sort of put them on a scale of top to bottom in terms of their, uh, of their spectacularness. But let me suggest something to you. And I want to really preface this by saying this is not sort of a caveat to the whole thing. This is not me saying trying to make people feel better that don't have spectacular gifts. Let me say to you something. Uh, a, whether or not a gift is spectacular is not for you or I to determine. It's actually for the Lord to determine. Because the best gift or gifts that the Holy Spirit could give to you are those gifts that he knows are the best gifts to give to you. Um, let me share an, uh, an example from uh, personally. Um, as as a, uh, early in my Christian life, I thought the greatest gift of all was evangelism. Uh, I had a friend, a few friends really, but one in particular where literally you could not go anywhere with this guy. Uh, that he wouldn't share the gospel, and, and almost every time you were with him and he was sharing the gospel, somebody would get saved. And I just thought that was the coolest, most amazing thing in the world. I mean, we're here just uh, getting coffee or walking down the street, and, and he starts a conversation with somebody, and before long, they're like tearing up and they're realizing they're a sinner. What must I do to be saved? You know, and just, I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, Wow, this is incredible. You know, and of course you praise the Lord and it's just amazing to think that the Holy Spirit just, you know, met us on a street corner that day and that kind of thing. It was just spectacular, right? And I thought that's what I want. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to just share my faith with people and for them to come to know Jesus. Now, I was a young believer, and so I will say that it's possible that my motivations were not entirely pure. Uh, the outcomes would glorify God, but it might have very well been that I thought, I just, I just want to be the, the kind of person that can just lead anybody to Jesus. And there may have been something kind of um, sort of self-serving in there a little bit, yeah, maybe. You know, I, I'm not saying it was for sure, but as a young believer, you know, you have mixed feelings on things for the most part. Um, and so for, I thought, uh, for me, I thought that was just the greatest thing. Interestingly, uh, as a young believer, as a very young believer actually, um, I, uh, the church I was going to, uh, I teach at a Calvary Chapel in Franklin, Tennessee. I got saved and grew up in my faith at a Calvary Chapel in Elk Grove Village in Illinois. Pastor Phil Ballmeyer was my pastor for so many years. And, uh, and I remember as, uh, as I attended the church, even as an unbeliever, for about a year before I finally got saved. And I remember sitting there listening to him teach the Bible. And he is a world class Bible teacher. And, uh, uh, and as I would listen to him, and I would just, you know, certainly as an unbeliever, it was interesting to me, but as a believer, it became the source of my growth. I just, as he would teach verse by verse and passage by passage and chapter by chapter and book by book, uh, as I sat and listened to him explain the scriptures and it started to make sense to me and I started connecting the dots between uh, different passages throughout the scriptures and stuff, I just found myself overwhelmed at how uh, incredible it is to begin to understand this book. And I remember sitting in church, uh, again, even as an unbeliever, I can remember um, looking at people like with their Bibles and they're marking them up and, and you know, for the first place, I thought that was can you do that? Are you not going to get zapped by God for writing in your Bible? But I found out, no, you, actually that's probably something that makes him smile because you're making an effort to memorize things and certain passages really stand out to you and they become life verses. And I was watching people around me as they were, 
you know, I don't know if I would have put it this way at the time, but they were hungry for the word, and I could I could see that, and and they were studying, and they were nodding their heads, and they were thinking things through that he was talking about, and later on, some people would go up and ask him questions, and I remember that after I got saved in that same place, learning the word of God, just how incredible it was to begin to understand God's revelation in the word, and there came a point, or very very early on, where I thought that is something that I would like to serve God and do. And I, I just remember that thought kind of, at some point that thought occurred to me and it just struck me that, you know, I wanted to be a teacher, but it wasn't for the same reason I wanted to be an evangelist. Uh, I, I thought this is a way that I just feel, like it just felt right to serve God that way. I didn't know how else to explain it. I wouldn't know how else to explain it at the time. But I remember talking to Pastor Phil and telling him that. And he was very, very wise in that moment. He didn't say, well, great, let's see what God's gonna do. Why don't you take next Sunday for me? There was none of that. Thank God, you know. Uh, not only would that have been terrible for the church, but it might have actually crushed me. You know, I would, that's not something I would have been ready for. But he did say, very wisely, why don't you just look around the church, find out what needs there are, and just start helping out, and let's see what God does with you. And so over time, I did. And I just started serving in different ministries, and and after some time, I'd served in many of the ministries of the church, just helping out other people and, and learning what it was like to, to do things that, that served people and all that kind of thing. And, uh, and probably a couple a year, maybe two years went by, I forget. But somewhere along the way, uh, I felt called to start a Bible study. And um, so uh, I was dating my wife at the time, and, uh, and uh, we had started one in her, in her apartment. And... You know, hardly anybody came or anything like that, but I started learning how to teach and how to study and how to prepare. And, um, and not too long after that, uh, Pastor Phil asked me to teach on a Sunday night or a Thursday night, one of our evening studies. And, uh, and I remember being terrified, and, and uh, this is actually kind of a funny story, but I remember studying really hard, you know, and, uh, and just preparing, and I was very excited, but I was terrified. And so it came time to teach, and and, uh, and and like only three people were there, you know, besides me. There was the sound guy, there was my, at that time, my wife now, and um, and also one other person. And so there was four of us in the room. And I remember being so disappointed in that. I'm like, I prepared so long and everything. And I remember closing my eyes in prayer, and as I was, before I did, I said to the group, uh, and I'd heard another pastor do this before, and... Uh, and I said, look, you know, I'm going to close. There's hardly any of you here, I know. And, and I know Pastor Phil's not here. I know it's disappointing and stuff. And I said, uh, you know, I'm going to close my eyes and pray. This way, if you want to get up and leave, I won't see you, you know. And I was just saying it as a joke. Well, as I'm praying, I heard the door open and shut twice. And I thought, oh, God. You know, <laughs> it's like, how could, what happened here, you know? My, I'm, I'm hoping my wife didn't leave. The sound guy couldn't leave. The other person left. Maybe my wife did leave, you know. So I remember being so disappointed, and, and I don't even remember what I prayed at that time, but I do remember one of the few times in my life that I know that the Lord spoke to my heart. And he, it was just a simple question. How many people do you think you deserve to teach? And it really struck me, and it set a tone for my sense of, of what it is kind of all about. And so as, uh, as I went through and did this, I, um, I taught the message. It turned out a couple of people had come in, uh, which was encouraging. But... Um, but I went on to teach, and in teaching, certain gifts became part of my life, you know. And, and when I said before that sometimes you don't even know you're exercising a particular gift, um, this is what I mean by that. You know, there are times when I teach 
that God will give me a word of knowledge about a circumstance or a word of wisdom uh, in teaching a passage and, and giving application to it in a way that somebody was really affected by. Uh, a word of knowledge that maybe spoke to something that was going on in somebody's life that I had no idea about, but the Lord used that teaching in that moment uh, to, um, to maybe illuminate something in a person's life or maybe to convict or do something like that. Um, you know, it's uh, a word of prophecy might be spoken. You know, it's just not, not that I'm stopping and prophesying, thus saith the Lord, but something is said that has, is prophetic in nature in somebody's life. Again, not new scripture or anything, but something that is a particular word for somebody else. Maybe that turned out to be an answer to something that they've been praying about. And all of a sudden, this was sort of a word that confirmed it was going to be so. And uh, all without my knowing until after the fact, you know. And so, um, so we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, a pastor is supposed to do the work of an evangelist, but a pastor is not necessarily an evangelist, a, uh, somebody who has a gift of evangelism. But we share the gospel in our teaching and preaching. Um, and so the best gifts are those that the Holy Spirit knows he's going to use in your life, in your particular sphere of influence or in a calling or something like that. And so, you know, my suggestion would be this, um, is that if you are concerned that maybe you don't have a spiritual gift and you've begun to even wonder if maybe it's because you're lacking faith, let me encourage you, it's probably not that you're lacking faith and it's probably not that you don't actually have a spiritual gift. It may just very well be that either maybe, maybe you're minimizing some of these gifts that we mentioned, like in Romans, helps and giving and things like this, um, or maybe you just haven't discovered it yet for some reason. But do continue to pray and seek earnestly for the gifts that you might be of service to him and a blessing to him and to his people, and that God might use you as a light in the world around you. Uh, never be discouraged uh, to stop praying for that. And, uh, and see what the Lord does. So let me just encourage you, and, uh, and hopefully this helps a little bit. So let me pray for you as well. Father, we just wanna thank you that you do in fact give gifts to your children, that your Holy Spirit comes and he, he distributes giftings that he knows will be uh, things that can bring encouragement and can bring glory to you and, and such. And so we just pray that, Father, for those who struggle especially, wondering what their gifts are, maybe you're even in fear that they maybe don't have one because they lack faith. Encourage their hearts and help them to just continue to pray. And we, I do pray that you would make known to them what it is, that special gifting that you've given them for their place and time right now. Because wherever they are, wherever we are as believers, we're here for such a time as this. So equip us uh, with your uh, beautiful uh, giftings that we might serve you uh, with them. So we thank you, we praise you and bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, you know, from time to time I do get questions and, uh, and I'm not great at writing stuff out in answers long form. And so uh, I generally tend to like to take those and address them in a podcast. So if you have any questions or anything like that, um, um, it may very well be that I'll address that. Chances are, if you're thinking it, others may be thinking it as well. And so it might be worthwhile to discuss this way. So uh, anyway, but if you have any comments, questions, or anything like that, you can uh, leave them below on our YouTube channel or on my personal website at parsonspad.com. It's where I post these same uh, videos, and you can also comment and email me from there as well. If you like, you can also go to our church's website at calvarychapelfranklin.com, uh, where our Sunday services are posted as well, and you can email me from that uh, uh, website too. So, But anyway, God bless you. Thank you. As I mentioned before, I'm going to be going on vacation with my family next week, so I may not be posting much or at all. I've, I'm, uh, we'll see how that goes, but I'm, I'm planning on just sort of taking that time with my family. But I'll be back the week after Thanksgiving. So 
Um, don't think that we just stopped or anything like that. We're going to continue to go through the book of Acts. We're going to continue to talk about prophetic uh, prophecy-based things in connection with the times in which we're living, what the scriptures have to say about those things, and the various other things that we talk about, maybe even answering your questions. And so thanks for watching as always, and God bless you, and have a very, very happy Thanksgiving.